Our ice didn't exactly form naturally. It's been forged by blood, sweat, and the Lone Star pride that runs through our veins. Our ice is Texas born, and we're here to show everyone that Dallas Stars hockey is Texas hockey. Rugged, rough, and proud. Join the rush and be part of the excitement all season long. Individual game tickets on sale now at DallasStars.com. Welcome to the Podman Rush, the official podcast of the Dallas Stars. Here's your host, Daryl Razor Ray. Hello, everybody. Is it October yet? Remember that question? Well, yes, it is. Has been for a few days. And that means the wheat must be separating from the chaff. That's a real hot biblical reference i think i think but anyway it's doing that at training camp around the old nhl because the start of the regular season is closing fast like a bugatti on the tollway that fast uh mike heika the world-renowned mike heika highly trained highly compensated young athletes are being winnowed Right now, they're being pruned. They're being culled from camp rosters. I, I like to call it cleaved from the herd, as it were. Uh, it's that time, right, where we're cutting things down a little bit. You sound like a northern British Columbia, or is it central British Columbia, Razor, the guy who grew up in the farmlands, ranch lands. Now, you know your stuff. Uh, by the way, I'm D. Ray, Star's multi-platform broadcaster. Uh, he is M. Heika, uh, who writes uh, words so that we can read, plagiarize a little bit. I was going to do a, a political ad at the beginning of this too, Mike. Uh, there's a lot of political ads out there right now. Are you aware of that? Why would there not be one on the Podman Rush? D T T T T T T T T. Isn't that the music that always plays? Okay, sure. <laughs> Is it? I just, I just get a, I get a kick out of the, they change the, uh, the sort of direction of the music midway through the, the, uh, the words when they want to convey different uh, tones and what have you. But it's always things like uh, Mike Heike wants to take your earbuds and headphones away. But Daryl Ray thinks listening to podcasts is your right. And reading opinions of hockey is a gateway to communism. So listen to podcasts with your earbuds. This paid for by, of course, come some action group. Anyway, that's our political <laughs> ad today. So, Mike, give the Podman Rushers your biggest takeaway thus far from camp. Are we midway through or thereabouts something like that i think we're a little bit further than midway are we We only get yeah what do we got eight days left before the season opener we've Uh, been at this for more than eight days haven't we uh, yeah okay two-thirds of the way through what are your takeaways um this is very confusing uh but i think there are a ton of people who could be on this roster on opening night and they, in my opinion, that's actually, they all... That's actually not true, Mike. You can only have so many I, on the roster. I know. There's rules. But I'm saying from the group that has to be called and winnowed, uh, <laughs> there, there's some very good players. Yes. And Pete said this yesterday, uh, that whatever lineup they put out there, he feels very good about that. Uh, and he also has said throughout camp, they're going to make the decisions. They're going to ones. They're going to force us to make decisions based on what they have done. Um, and so then it comes down to that. And, and, and I do, I like the process because you're put under pressure and you're asked to perform. And like tonight, I mean, it's, it, well, you won't be listening to this before tonight, I don't think, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, this is a big game for some of these players and whether they step up or not is pretty much on their shoulders. Yeah. Yes. And it's not just here. You're hearing that a lot around the league where this is a big game for so-and-so, you know, that we're getting one more look at such and such. He's got to show us something tonight. It, it is, it, it, it's a, what have you done for us lately? You might, might've had a great start to camp and then you get in 
deep into preseason like this, and then it's like, okay, every club has more of their NHLers in the lineup at this time because guys have been either cut or sent back to junior or sent to the American Hockey League training camps. So although the the intensity of these games is not what an actual NHL game is, I think in ebbs and flows, it gets close to it within games. And management and coaches are trying to get some kind of a, a handle on what this guy looks like in their system against, you know, just name whatever longtime NHL or on the other side or whatever. And they can, they can, they can pull some stuff. They can deduce uh, some opinions and, and firm them up from just one game, you know, and, or, or maybe it's the opportunity that individual has to play if they're a defenseman with this partner, if they're a forward with those line mates, goaltenders are on their own. Um, so I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I think this tonight and, and the final preseason game against the Wild up in Minnesota, and they've already stated they're pretty much playing their team in that one, that there, there'll be good little, you know, that one may be more so a dress rehearsal, especially with the long time between that and the opener in Nashville. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's a big opportunity for some people. Yeah, and, and if you look at some of the players like Bach or uh, Maverick Bork, uh, they were playing in Traverse City a couple of weeks ago. And now, you know, playing against what probably will be a pretty full uh, Colorado lineup and definitely a full Minnesota lineup, that that's a big step. Mm-hmm. And so now they have to make that adjustment and they have to show themselves. Yeah, but they've also had the step stones of – training camp with the big boys, every day with the big boys, some preseason action with the big boys. So it's, it's not like they're just going, going from like Traverse City and that level of competition to something like this. But you're right. Um, as I stated just moments ago, you're, <laughs> you're getting more of your NHL teams on the pond. Uh, one of, I've got three takeaways myself. Uh, if you want to stay on the, on the player side of things – like Mason Marchment has has really stood out and and he's look he he's trying to impress new teammates which is always part of it when a guy comes in uh signed in the off season from Florida but watching him man he has a little of his late father Brian in his approach to competing there's there's no question about it I really saw it the other night cuz we haven't seen the road games um but he plays hard. He takes, he takes, uh, ticks people off. He he takes teammates. I think into an an uncomfortable area that they they need to be in a little more often, maybe than they're willing. Let's say uh, I I like it because it, it in some ways it probably gives Jamie a, another guy within the lineup that has you know some of that size lankiness going to play against. A good players. He's going to put heat on defensemen. Uh, so I, I've been very impressed by him uh, just watching him. Even in – I remember when we were in Cedar Park hikes, like nobody hit anybody. There was no contact whatsoever. That That's the beginning of every training camp now. And the only time there was any kind of, of uh, collision, he was <laughs> – it was like, well, there's Mason – you know, and and uh, I, I think it's kind of the way he plays, and and he has a skill set to go along with it. Yeah, I think he learned last year that that's what makes him successful, and so he's bought into that style of play. I mean, every second he's on the ice, that's what he's going to do because it worked. I mean, he's got a four year contract. It's it's uh it's yeah. been pretty good for him. And and I think the squad has missed a little bit of that around. Here, in my opinion, I, I've just always had a, a real fondness for guys that that just play all out and and get in there and aggravate. You know that whether it was you know Steve Ott, uh, Pat Verbeek, Antoine Roussel, you can go through a, a list of guys that their shifts were pretty consistent in that area, uh, and and probably more so like Otter than anybody. Not as verbal. Um, but, but just that fact that you could play with some good players, uh, as he's told us many times, he was a 50 goal scorer. 
that being with the Windsor Spitfires. Somebody sent out a picture yesterday on Twitter of his Windsor Spitfire. Um, pic- he if if you could have a picture of a, a late teens hockey player that's just an a absolute rapscallion, and and it just encompasses all that he is in just a sort of a devilish little smirk smile with a buzz cut. That was it. I could have done a, a thousand word dissertation on what that, what, if you look inside this picture of this young man, what is it telling you? And it would tell you all the things that we know about now assistant coach with the St. Louis blues, Steve Ott. I used to joke with him every time a Christmas story came on. I said, you remind me of that bully kid. The bully kid? Yeah, in Christmas Story. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. always running around <laughs> screaming yeah. at him. Oh, my God. He, just the fact that he learned how to say offensive things in like four or five different languages for the World Junior Tournament. <laughs> that was part of his preparation <laughs> for the World Junior Tournament. Oh, God bless him. Uh, the other <laughs> thing is the the uh, AAC Goalhorn still has uh, mild dust buildup to be feather dusted away. Would you agree with that? Yes, indeed. (laughs) It's so frustrating too, because they, even last year, and, and, you know, you and I have talked to Rick a hundred times about it and, and, you know, they, they feel like they're in position to score and they just don't score. And so then, you know, what's the next step or what's the last step? Uh, And I know it's only been, you know, one or two games here, but uh, same thing. I mean, somebody has to, well, I mean, uh, Marchman had a, a game up up and scored a few. I think would they get five in that one? What are you counting uh, that as a home game? Well, you know what I'm it saying. It was technically a home game. You know that it was technically, yeah. 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 Uh, but point being is that I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Hopefully, this new system, this new style of play, creates even more scoring chances, and then they, you know, somehow, some way, they start putting the puck in the net. Yeah, that, look, uh, there there was pretty good goaltending in all three games that American Airlines said it that they faced. But I, there are going to be people listening to this that are going to go, yeah, well, they they make everybody look like a Vesna winner. They've done that for a while. But um, I'm not getting on that horse. In the preseason, the preseason doesn't the preseason doesn't count, but it but it counts for some people. <laughs> But for the for, for the purposes of of your win losses and your team, like some teams have been pasted like seven to one, and it's like looking at at stats, especially with goaltenders because they play partial games and and your numbers just look horrific. Like you should be in the East Coast Hockey League, not in the NHL. You, you can't read much into into that stuff in the preseason. I just found it funny that. I, I mean, I've been to the home games. I haven't heard that goal horn very often. What is it? Three? Is it three goals yeah, in three I games? Think. Yeah. yeah. Well, save it. Don't waste them in the preseason. My nah. gracious, save them for Nashville on opening night. Uh, and Keep then the other one, quiver. the other one, which uh, I'm I'm shocked more people have not weighed in on. Maybe they have. Maybe my follows on the social are not what they should be. But the the Ben Bun. The Ben Bun. <laughs> I, I like the man bun on Jamie in warm-up. The last one I saw, was it Zadorov that was rocking it, right? I, I, I think it was Nikita Zadorov as a Chicago Blackhawk had a man bun in, <laughs> in, in warm-up. And Jamie has, he has the, the Ben Bun going, in, and I think it looks good. He, he is like a, a puffy white shirt. And and some some boots and a buckle and an eye patch away from looking like a pirate, don't you think? Slick back I, pirate in warm up. I like it a lot. I, I haven't looked that closely. You need to sure. focus more, Heike. I do. I need the to. Heck look are at you the doing? It, what are you doing in warm up? Getting the, uh, getting nothing. the lines tweeted out. Is that what you're doing? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you probably are. Uh anything else? Any other big big takeaways from your? First uh, thirteen days this, or whatever. Right, here, this will this will sound like I'm the biggest homer in the world, um, but so far the front office has done a pretty darn good job. Uh, Mason Marchment looks like a player, which I thought it was a bit of a risky contract. Uh, who 
is a really big addition to this team. Uh, uh, Niels Lundqvist uh, cost a first-round pick, but darned if he doesn't look like a first-round pick. Will you, you be know? pronouncing and, his name that way all season? <laughs> I don't want to talk I'd like on to, that. I'd like to put a stop <laughs> to it on the podcast right here. <laughs> and, and then I think Ottinger's contract, you know, it, it's going to be, it's going to prove to be a pretty good contract. So those three things, three, three things, uh, and then obviously trying to get Robertson done is the one hole in all that. Pretty big hole, but uh, I just, I'm impressed with what the front office has done. Yeah, the, look, uh, from landing the coach to the things you spoke of, uh, yeah, they're, and, and and the kids, you know, sometimes when you have young prospects in camp for a long time is just because of uh, you know people in suits wanting to justify their picks or their whatever right but these kids yeah. have earned it like they they, yeah. they they uh they are not here just as a, a gift or a peak like they're here because they've been part of how many guys are left in camp I don't know. I need, I need to be better about that. They're changing it every day, Daryl. Yeah, Let's are. say 32. They are by the minute. You're right. <laughs> Thank, good. Thank goodness. Let's say 32. Well, they're, they're, you know, three of the four of the top 32 in, in training camp right now. Yes. There's no question. Yeah, and and not- a couple of guys who went down, I, I thought played really well. So yeah. And that's you know, always the, the, the greatest thing you can have going on where, not for the individual who went down, I yeah, no. know from personal experience, but if, if you, if you have guys headed down fairly early, like, like before uh, the final couple of preseason games are, are toast and you're like, really? Wow. Then it means that, that some other guys, usually younger guys have come in and, and pushed and, it means your overall organizational depth is better than what it had been in previous years or at least recent history. And you need that, man. You need depth. And talking with, with Peter DeBoer, like they're, they're going to need a lot of players you're going to need a lot of players. And I know we talked about this last time and he went through it with the injuries in, in Vegas and that, but, Beyond that, like if you're gonna if you're gonna play a high octane style with four lines, uh, you're you're putting a lot of people in the, you know, in the in the lanes and and uh, stuff happens and injuries happen and whatever and you you need to have a lot of bodies that can play at this level at this level and I think some other teams have learned this in the last little while. A they've moved their American Hockey League teams closer to where they play so that they can have not a not a taxi between the two but but easier access to their um, their depth and their American League players and on top of that or maybe more prominent is your you have to have some players in the American Hockey League that are legitimate NHL players when they come up not oh my god hold your breath every time this guy's on the ice for the six shifts he's going to have in the game. You've got guys that can come up and play a role in a game and help you win. Yeah, and the other thing, in my opinion, is if you're going to try and play this brand of hockey that requires smart passing and reading the ice well and connecting with your your teammates, it's it's a hard way of playing and you need skill. So if you have six or seven or eight of those guys in the AHL as well, then they can play that brand of hockey and get used to that brand of hockey if that's what the organization is is pushing down there. Yeah, and and the internal competition thing. Yeah. Look, if you're in if, if you're in the third pair on defense or the bottom uh 3 to 6 in, on forward lines in that, like you got some guys nipping at, at your heels and and yeah, I it can be really it can be really healthy overall and it can be slightly frightening for the individuals that are that are de- and frustrating for the individuals too if you're on that side of it and you're like man I thought I I thought I played pretty good and uh, you know and then you find yourself in the American Hockey League and then they got to deal with that and the mental side of things and prove that but we've seen with guys like Jake and Delandria that sometimes that's not the worst thing to go down there and feel bad and then say all right I'm better than this I'm going to get myself back to the top 
because uh, I, I know Delandry only played the one game last year, but people you talked to said he really had a realization that I need to work harder, I need to be better. And Jake, you know, he went down there and I think, you know, said, it's the next chance I get, I'm staying up there. Yeah, and you never know when it's going to be. Like, it, wow. it, there was no – I think they would have been – they would have been really fine with Jake Ottinger playing the whole year in the American Hockey League last year. Yeah. And having healthy veteran goaltending in Dallas and having him play every night down there. Yeah. And instead, injuries here and up he comes and away he goes and the rest is recent history. You br- you brought up RoboWatch update 2022. <laughs> we have nothing really to report, no. but... Now is when a little more urgency starts to creep in. And so this is a first on the PR, Podman Rush. We'll call it a P within the pod. How's that? You like that, Heike? I do. A P within the pod. RoboWatch 2022 has come to conclusion. In a, what I would think is a is a happy happy. Look, we we recorded our our little Podman Rush yesterday afternoon, and in the overnight, uh, Mr. Robertson and and Jim Nell and company and their their peoples got together and have locked Robo up uh, for the next four years, and everybody is in camp now or will be in camp shortly. And we were debating yesterday, Mike, whether uh, what you don't want in a negotiation is one side completely miffed and the other side elated, right? Yes. And so I think that's a fair statement. So when you look at this now, the, the deal, where would you lean in? Are you on the both sides are slightly unhappy, which can also be good? Or both sides are fairly happy with how this thing played out and where it fell. I mean, if I'm assessing it, I think both sides are pretty happy. Um, I guess the question on uh, Robertson is, you know, could he have gone for the eight-year deal and and locked himself up forever? Um, but I, I don't think that was the best strategy for him. I think, you know, get in there, make your money for four years, Drive your numbers up, and when the cap goes up, then you'll be making a lot more money. And and we've seen that repeated with several players in the NHL. So from his standpoint, I think this is exactly the strategy he should have had. And the Stars needed this cap hit number now so that they can compete this year. And then as they move forward, whether that's Joe Pavelski or Jamie Benn or Ryan Suter, uh, expensive contracts are going to come off the books. And, and now you'll be able to better afford whatever sort of raises you need for Robertson and, and Rope Hints going forward. So, yeah, I think both sides have done a really good job of, of making this work. And the other interesting thing, like I haven't talked to Jason, but I think he wanted to get back here as quickly as possible because I think he wants to win. And so in that regard, you know, both sides are, are fighting for the, the same thing. They want to win. Yeah. But, I mean, players are always the same, right? Like, And that's probably likely the battle that their representation feels you know, they're talking to their teammates. They're talking to their yeah. friends, and everyone understands it's a business. But there is that that feeling as the end of the preseason comes to conclusion and the regular season starts to creep up. It's like, man, I need to start playing here. I need to get into camp and that. And they're like, whoa, you know, tap the brakes. And the other side's like, man, we need them in camp. And you have a new coaching staff. You have all this stuff going on. So, yeah. Cap friendly reported it as seven point seven five, uh, as an average, right on the four year deal. Yeah, and it ends with a nine something deal. So then the qualifying offer is going to be nine. So that was smart on their part, on uh, Pat Brisson's part. Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's the give and take. Year one, the base salary is one and a half million, and then a big signing bonus, and then it ramps up a little after that. Not to get all numbersy here on the Podman <laughs> Rush, uh, the. The, the idea that that it was going to be a lengthy holdout into the regular season, we were pontificating about whether that would come to fruition or not yesterday. We could, we could have just 
told everyone we could have put this thing up in post and just looked like geniuses, but we won't do that. Uh, <laughs> but we neither of us really thought this thing was going to leak that. If it leaked into the regular season, it would it, it would be very brief, right? Yes. Yeah. I, like I said, the, I think Jamie the last time was four games. Um, and somehow, some way, this always tends to get done because, like I said, both sides are fighting for the same goal, yeah. and that's to have the best team on the ice. Right. Right. Exactly. So. The uh, So this when you look at this, like Jake signed a true bridge deal, Jake Ottinger. Yes. I, I call this one a bridge deal with a real nice on-ramp at the end of it, <laughs> right? Because yes. it's a four-year. It's not just the bridge. There's a little on-ramp, and as you mentioned earlier, the uh, the number at the end of it and whatever your qualifying offer is. And hopefully, look, the kid scores 40 and 50 and whatever in the next four years, and the, the economics of the sport are such that yeah, they can again er, 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 back the money truck up, and uh, you know you th- those are the ones you want to pay, right? Because if he continues to do what he's done, and he does that for the next four years, th- you're proven. You're, you're a proven commodity, and if it's at that level, I, I think everyone's happy to pay those people. That's that's the people you should be paying that money. Yeah, and, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, well, you should. And, and, and I do like, I actually do like the the structure of comparables in the NHL um, that, you know, if five other players have done something similar, then you should get about the same number that they're getting. Uh, so uh, it, it all works out in the end. I, I know, you know, people get upset about, oh, they should have done this or they should have done that. But uh, you, you have to make the pieces fit. And, yeah. and the cap is very hard. And I, I was talking to Mark Janko uh, a couple of weeks ago. Stars just about assistant how hard general manager. Assistant. Well, come on. He's bigger than that. No, no that's his title. <laughs> oh, dang it. I thought he was uh, like emperor or something. We should give him uh, a no, different was, title. <laughs> He last year he really had to work every day uh, because the cap was that tight, um, and so I told him, yeah, it'd be nice if if you didn't have that. And I think they might have a little bit of wiggle room this year, uh, so that would be helpful as well. Yeah, yeah. So there you have it. You know, we we knew this was getting done yesterday as we recorded because we're we're uh, omnipotent and all knowing, <laughs> uh, but we don't break news, do we, Mike? We report it. And we yeah, com- it's it's hard when you work for the uh, team. Well, yeah, we're not we're not in the business of breaking news. We report no, it. They break news. We comment on it, and in my case, we make news. <laughs> we're newsmakers. You do that. And big hey, shapers. one more thing, uh, uh, ma'am. Uh, can I can I ask one more question? Well, yeah. Before your question, though, the the you know when I was perusing Cap Friendly, the thing the thing that strikes me, and it's just business, and it it fluctuates from position to position. But when you when you look at at the individuals that are under contract beyond this season up front, there's five with Robertson signed. Yeah, and that's it. There are five forwards under contract uh, next year, right now. Yes. So there, there's Mark Janko's got some work to do again going he forward. Does, <laughs> he does have that, and in in a, an environment that I'm not exactly sure what you know, what he can look at and, and plan for. Um, you know, the hope is that the cap's going to go up, but what if it stays steady for a couple of years? I mean, it's going to be interesting just trying to get all of this done. Rope's the next big one. If he yeah. has a huge year, then, you know, is he a 9 or $10 million player? Yeah. We need to get T-shirts made up, too, that, that stay. They're M. Heika. It is interesting. <laughs> it yeah. is interesting. I mean, that, that needs right. to go in the shop. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> One other point. Uh, they got one goal again last night. 30-something shots on goal. Uh, how important is it to get Jason Robertson in here and maybe start scoring some goals? Well, yeah, it always helps to add a 40-goal score, Mike. Yeah, I've, I've always said that. That's, that's been one of my strong points. You've always been big on analytics. And yeah, that, one, that, that think, is the deep dive, the deep dive I get into where it's like, yeah, a team that doesn't score enough – when it gets added to by a 40, 50, say 60 goal scorer, it improves the ability to put the puck in the net. I mean, the numbers bear it out. It's not the eye test. The numbers tell you that. (laughs) 
And I know it's just preseason, but I mean, we've seen some games here where they're just not finding the back of the net. Mike, so Mike, you're ruining the rest of the podcast because this oh, again, this is the P in the pod. Right? Oh, sorry, a, we covered. I believe we covered this in other okay. areas of the pod yesterday that you have with- now ruined in the P in the pod, and now people will just skip past that portion of it where we really nailed the analytics of the stars. I think it was in the goal horn section, was it yeah. not? Anyway, <laughs> where we did the the deep dig. And I believe my 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 finality point of it was, look, don't waste goals in the preseason, man. Save for, <laughs> save for the regular I do, season. I do remember that point. It, yeah. I, I, I always say you uh, play like you practice. So if you're practicing in preseason, then don't you want to score some goals and yeah, carry Mike, that over? Mike, 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 there's a difference between practicing and experimenting. Ooh. See, preseason is about experimenting. Ah. And and at, at times, especially with, with new systems and what have you, installing. Mm. Next week, now that they have Robo and everybody in the fold, as it's said, now they can start practicing, practicing what they want to be doing come game time. And you watch. You watch the razor bump in that category. It's coming. Well, then the timing of this is actually quite good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because they have time to practice. Well, much like us on the podcast, we will be much better in the regular season than what we have on the Podman Rush in the preseason. At least I hope. They hope. I hope so, All too. them out there. Anyway, back to your regularly scheduled Podman Rush programming. Thanks, Mike. Uh, we, did a, we did a televised game, Mike. Uh just days ago uh, on Bally, game versus the Wild, it went into the Minnesota market, and uh, which is always kind of a weird thing when you're, especially in the preseason, because you really don't want to talk about their team because there's so many stories on your side for the most part. Uh, and most of the time when you do a game, you're speaking to your audience uh, and your fandom and not really to theirs. Uh, but they had – it'll be the same thing the other way around in the final because they're doing the game up there on uh, Bally, and uh, it's coming into the market down here. Uh, so we'll see if they reciprocate how nice we were to Everson's squad <laughs> up there. But, that you know, your compadre there, Mike Roos, said nice things, uh, and that carries weight to those of us in the biz. How much do you watch – and consume and even think about how the broadcast is going for other clubs uh, when you're watching. Or are you too busy with the dogs? <laughs> Generally speaking, uh, I'm watching at the arena, hopefully, and so then I don't, you know, I don't have to see the broadcast too often. I have more in the last couple of years because of the pandemic. Oh. Uh, but I- I'm I'm pretty focused on the stars and what they're doing. And uh, there's some interesting stories. Uh, I will say when there's a national game, uh, yeah, yeah I, I think you can't help but notice if a, if you perceive a broadcaster has slighted your team or pumped the tires of the other team. Uh, I do, you know, as, as a person who covers a team and <laughs> thus could, could be you know, considered a fan of said team. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's a natural thing. It's just like, you know, if, your mom says something nice about your brother. You're like, well, what about me? Yeah. And so you can't even get away with just saying something nice. Yeah. And it's the general landscape of sports broadcasting on uh, whether it's television or cable or streaming or national or regional. <laughs> People hear what they want to hear. Uh, but it was he, – he, where would he fit in – in your world, I think he he's got to be the hard, hardest working guy. Yeah, in in right, like, I think he pumps out a ton of stuff, and he's usually spot on. Maybe not in this case, but he's usually spot on <laughs> with with his takes on things. Um, I mean, he's a real reporter's reporter, is he not? Russo? Yeah, I, I yeah, hands down. Um, it's funny, you know we. 
we always say he has no other life. This is his, you know, this is his marriage. This is, these are his kids. This is, you know, this is what he does. Uh, I think he tweeted out one time, like on an off night, he was at the uh, uh, gopher game with the coaching staff. And you're just like, dude, take a night off. But I mean, that's, he loves it. And, yeah. and I think that shows in his work. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's the good one. Tell me the bad ones now, the ones you hate. <laughs> well, oh Matt DeFranks is the worst. I hate that Matt DeFranks kid uh, doesn't know a thing he's doing. But acts like he does all the time. Hey? Oh, my gosh. So cocky. What a poser. Not a hoser, a poser. <laughs> a poser. Uh, so I, I came up with this thing, if you can indulge me for a second, and you'll see why I'm bringing it up, I think. But one of the th one of the little irks in my world is what's called the game cam. So the game cam is your your game camera, your main camera that sort of just pans back and forth throughout the game. And then you have all your other cameras that get cut by our very talented Mark Vittorio, our director, uh, and and they produce uh, the magical award-winning game that you see on Bally. The, the game camera has been unchanged since the inception of televised hockey in 1952. And by the way, October 11th, 1952. <laughs> when, when, when does the season start this year? Uh, probably October 11th. It's October 11th with a double header some 70 years after the very first televised hockey game in the National Hockey League between the Montreal Canadiens and the Detroit Red Wings, I think. Uh, I thought we'd see more experimentation during the COVID bubbles with, with that, with the game, how, how the game was presented on television. You know, EA sports gamers never play that game, our game, in landscape. They always play it in portrait, right? They're always playing yeah. at the end of the rink. Nobody plays it in the full landscape. Uh, I, it's like always when you, you, know, you tune into the U.S. Open or something like that in tennis, they don't shoot it from the net and just have your head just back and forth and back and forth. They shoot it from the end and, and you watch the game from one end to the other. And I've always wanted to see our game, like a live game. It's difficult because we have to shoot through so much stuff, the protective netting, which you understand, and glass. So there are, there are obstructions. But that was my problem with the bubble was there was no protective netting. There were no fans. You, that was the time that you, you, you could have done it. I think you, you could have experimented with that. On the Nationals I'm talking about. They're the yeah, yeah. ones with all the money in that. Um, <laughs> what I, do, do you ever even think of that? Uh, just because I talk to you, yes. Um, <laughs> and, and I mean, I'm with it's you. It's a very niche group of people that are bothered by the game. <laughs> that are bothered Cam, by I this. Uh, but it's, I mean, I keep going back to this. When the team wasn't winning, uh, you came up with the Emporium. I came up with goofy stories about movies and songs. And you're like, you know, you got to do something. You got to try something different. So when you have an opportunity to try something different, I, I don't know why you wouldn't. I mean, just as a person who's trying to do this craft, whatever it is, uh, you yourself get bored, I think. And so if you have an opportunity to try something, I think you need to go at least give it a shot. Uh, so it is disappointing. And now, now that the pandemic is over, as Joe Biden says. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we're going to be those, getting this opportunity Where are those political again? ads again? I know. Yes. I think the perfect thing would be to have a camera, change the game camera from being like hunkered down where it is and, and panning back and forth. The, the people that run it are, are phenomenal at it. Um, and it does, it captures the game, but what it does, it, it swims too much for me, if you know what I mean? Cause the game goes, it goes that direction. Then on a dime, it stops and goes the other direction. And the camera has to do that as well. So it chases, there's no other sport where the camera chases like the game camera in, in hockey. 
And in order to get rid of that, it either has to be on a rail, I would say from like the top of the circle at one end to the top of the circle in the other. So, so it's, it sort of moves along on a rail with the action as it comes up. And then if the action changes direction, it changes direction, but it doesn't whip. It, it doesn't, it doesn't pan back like that. Now, the the seat that I would like it tested would be what uh, I call the scout cam. So scouts sit in the corner of the building is where uh, uh, most scouts, if they go to you know junior games, college games, whatever, you sit up in the corner. So the game the game is moving toward you in a way, but you're on an angle. You're not straight in behind the nets, and I think it's you never have to turn your head. The whole the whole game unfolds in front of you. When I go watch other sporting events, that's where I want to watch it from. I don't want to have to crane my neck this way, that way. I, I, I still need a little bit of that, that depth of the game on an angle rather than, than straight on. And I'd like to see that experimented with. But if they didn't do it during those days of the pandy, I don't know if it's ever going to happen. Yeah, and I, so I 30 can, years I from wrong, now, but... the 100-year anniversary of the first – televised game game cam will be sitting there and it'll be just panning back and forth same one but there'll be drones I, I, I could everywhere. be wrong drones. but it doesn't doesn't seem like the uh, hockey broadcast are swimming in money right now too so i i don't know that they have the financial backing to go out and experiment much God, what a debbie downer you are I, i'm sorry i just you know wow. you hear things you talk to people well, if you if you think if you think that if you think that from the televised hockey standpoint, let's talk about the NFL because they don't have any Indeed. issues with it whatsoever. No, you're right. Uh, to do the Cowboys. Not, do, they not, do they not have that guideline camera, the thing that, remember the ropes that would go from corner to corner and move yeah, yeah. right into the quarterback's face? Yeah. Do yeah. they get rid of it or are they still there? Uh, I don't know whether drones have taken that over or what their rules are either. on that. Yeah. The future of uh, broadcasting is drones, Mike. I, mark, I agree mark with my 100%. words right here on I'm this podcast right today. <laughs> drones are the future of televised broadcasting in sports. Okay, to the Cowboys. Uh, team the <laughs> local and national media largely ignore. Their current and active quarterback has a uh, very hockey first name, but it actually gets outdone by, I think he's still with the L.A. Chargers. I think he's – is L.A. Chargers backup quarterback Easton Stick still there? <laughs> I don't know that one. His name is Easton Stick. Easton Stick. He's a hockey player. No, he's not. That's the craziest I part know. of it. He's Nebraska-born. He never played hockey. And, and I don't think his dad even named him after what it sounds like. Yeah. But his name is Easton Stick. There are Easton Warrior and Bauer Sticks throughout the National Hockey League. But I digress. Cooper, which is also synonymous with hockey, Cooper Rush is uh, spinning the old pigskin, winning games, winning fans, prompting the inevitable, which is the statement that he could or should be a starter, right? The hockey equivalent that I can think of is the backup goalie who shines in short sample size and is immediately slathered in anointing oil that he should be either the starter there or certainly somebody else should sign him or trade for him because he is number one goalie material. And then it just doesn't work out that way. Would you agree with that yes. hypothesis or comparable? Yes, we've seen it several times here in Dallas, Texas. Okay, so for example, give me your, give me your age-old leap of delusion from from that position in our sport. Uh, well, the one that actually worked was Turco and and Balfour, but it just created so many great lines. Yeah, but that's like, not that's not really. It's not the same, but it was just funny that he said, "Well, maybe uh, Ken Hitchcock needs a backup coach to push him." <laughs> <laughs> that just cracked me up. <laughs> so, Eddie. Well, anyway. Hitch, did you ask the question to Hitch or who asked? I think we did. I think we brought it to him. And did he Ken, just smiled. Can Marty, 
can Marty, his presence, like push Eddie? Uh, yeah, that, I think that, it can. I think that I think it's a I think it's a healthy thing to have uh, another goaltender pushing your starter, and then you guys go right across the room and straight to Eddie with the quote. You're like, here's what he said. Well, that was the answer. Maybe we should get a second coach. A backup head coach to push him. Head coach. <laughs> All right. The one that failed, and this was, I mean, it was lightning in a bottle for about four games, was Alan Bester got called up from the Orlando Solar Bears because I guess all three goalies they had or two goalies got hurt. And Alan Bester played well for about four or five games. And uh, then it just fell off the cliff. And by 10 games, he was back in Orlando. But that one was interesting because uh, uh, Bester <laughs> took his mask and just covered it with white athletic tape. His, you know, it was, I don't know what the solar bears were, you know, yellow and blue or something like that. And I mean, he just taped it all up. You know, you, you almost would have just rather got him, you know, a black mask or a white mask or whatever. But no, he wanted the one that he was wearing. And, and you could see the solar bears logo underneath the tape. And it was really silly. But for four or five games, I mean, he was a toast of the town. And a little diminutive guy, too. Oh, Alan my Bester. gosh. Yes. What was he? Was he five, eight? Six, seven? five, seven? Probably in that range. So lots of goalies with that short back then. Good point. Uh, yeah, it's a different world. I was the largest the in captivity. Thing, the other funny thing is I believe he wore a robe and slippers in the locker room, and many players uh, found that to be quite humorous. Yeah, it was a, it was a much funnier time, and goalies are, <laughs> goalies are comedy anyway. Uh, I think of, uh, well, speaking of stars goalies, Roman Turk, although it was, it was a little bit different, but you think of it, spe speaking of goalies that backed up Eddie, so Roman's here, they trade him as they win the cup or celebrate the cup back in 99. He was pretty good in St. Louis those first two years, and then he gave up that goal. Was that in the playoffs? I think it was the one from the other so. end of the rink. Uh, then he goes on to to Calgary, and it, you know he it just didn't he wasn't what was projected, let's say, but he was a phenomenal backup here for Eddie. Like yeah. he was great. He won. He didn't play that much. Played in the mid twenties, I think, as far as games are concerned. But man, he would go in there. There was no drop off. He'd get tough starts. I remember that one he had in in. Uh, we had a back to we had a back to back from Edmonton to San Jose in the day. Yeah, uh, and he he started that game. They won. They got a shot like thirty eight to nine or something or eleven, and won the game. Uh, but the other more recent ones are are backup goaltenders to Hank in New York with the Rangers. Oh yeah. So you know you had Henrik Lundqvist, who's you know a workhorse and future Hall of Famer, and he would play 60-plus every year. So they had Cam Talbot for two years, and his numbers with the Rangers were just remarkable. He posted a 940, 941 and 926 save percentages there. And so then everyone's sitting there, man, he's, he's a number one. He's just stuck behind Hank. So then he goes to Edmonton, was pretty good. The first, a lot of these guys were really good the first year, but it just didn't sustain itself. And since then, Philadelphia, Calgary, Minnesota, now in Ottawa, and got hurt in uh, in training camp. And the other one that backed up Hank was was Auntie Ranta. Remember? Yeah. And he was he had two years in the twenties for games played with the Rangers was great, and then goes to Arizona was fabulous in his first season there. And then his issue was is more what we saw again recently when he was in Carolina. He just gets hurt all the time. Yeah. And but he never turned into that guy, that number one guy elsewhere as well. So uh, but it happens almost immediately when you have a guy and there's a goaltender gets injured. I, I had Ilya Brzgalov in there for a bit too, but he had a pretty strong stretch in uh, Phoenix under Tippett after he was the sub guy in Anaheim um, and was an important guy uh, for them and 
I, I don't know. It, it just, it, I guess, I guess Cooper Rush is going again this weekend. Maybe uh, he is the central one. Central Michigan product. Cooper oh gosh, Rush. go ahead. Ooh ah, chip. Ooh ah, fight, fight, fight. All right, all right, all right. We said we weren't going to go over an hour this week, Mike. So simmer okay, down. Sorry. Uh, some some uh, very quick ruminations here, and then we'll wrap things up. How overplayed in NHL arenas will the song Narco be this season? Will it be a lot? A, B, to nauseum, or three, so much that Diaz with the Mets will renounce it and stop using it as his entry music. Which one do you think it'll be? Probably just to nauseum. People get just tired to nauseum. You think yeah. so? That's what I'm guessing. But you're right. Oh my I mean, God! Is it going to get played? Huh? Yes, it is. I'll say this: Brass Bonanza is better than Blaster Jacks and Timmy Trumpet's Narco. Brass Bonanza, better than Blaster Jacks, Timmy Trumpet, Narco. I said it. There it is. Uh, number two, 62 home runs. We're really a multi-sport podcast this week. Must be preseason. 62 home runs. AL record. Popped at Globe Life uh, Park last night. Uh, judge of the New York Hockey uh, or New York Baseball Yankees. It's the New York Hockey Rangers, is what it is. Right, something it's, like that. Yeah, pretty neat. Pretty neat though for for that to happen here. And Dave Raymond called it. It was awesome. His call was letter perfect here. Um, hockey's sixty-two. If you want to put it in quotes, is Gretzky's ninety-two. Um, Back in 1982? Or do you have something else? No, I'm going with you. It's hard just because Gretzky's numbers are so far ahead of everybody else. Um, I would say, yeah, I I was starting to look at goaltender wins too, just because it wouldn't be Gretzky. Uh, But you're right. It has to be one of his numbers. Uh, And and the the problem is they're they're just not touchable. Uh, Well, they're not. I I agree with that, Mike. Like they're not touchable unless there's – some kind of a rule change. Yeah. The, the way... a four-on-four hockey or what, something Yeah, like that. something like that. The way things are now, nobody's going to score 92 goals in a season. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Or 93 in this case where you, yeah. you break it. Do you know where he scored that 92nd goal? Uh, Edmonton? No, but, but you're, you're close. You're not close in, in geography, but just think of Wayne's career. L.A.? Yes. Interesting. He scored it at the Forum in Inglewood on Mike Blake, the goaltender. Not Rob Blake, the general manager, <laughs> current general manager. And I, Judge isn't playing today, right? Or is he? I, I don't, don't know. know. As I we, as we do this. Yeah, they started at three, I think. To try to add to his 62, probably yes. not. And But Gretzky did play two more games after he scored nine, his 92nd goal of the season. Wow. And uh, didn't score. So it could, it could have been higher. He didn't sco- score in those final two games. All None of his numbers are – it's just amazing. 92. Uh, I, was looking up, I was looking at some of the numbers today. I think uh, I got this right. Uh, the top 10 – Assist seasons are all Wayne. And then he's got uh, 11, or no, 12 too. So there's somebody at, at 11 and then Wayne's back at 12. <laughs> so when you go, how many assists you had in a single season, he's got the top 10. Uh, so that, you know, he's pretty good. Yeah. He, he broke that goals record by 16 that year. Uh, it had only, I, so, I, I didn't realize it had only stood for like a decade. It was Espo's huh. record. What's and, 76? Well, do the math, Mike. Yeah, I, I don't know. I can't do math. Uh, I have a brain injury. But <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, I think 92 is the 62. Yeah. There you go. I would say, yeah. If anyone yeah. could ever hit that. that 92 that's is the, the 62, and it was done in 82. Bam. Hmm. There's, there's the stat line you need in 22. Boom. 
God, I'm good at this. Uh, speaking of that, did you know that a razor is, is a rule of thumb that simplifies decision-making? Are you hmm. aware of that? I was not You're, aware of that You one. should be. You're I, in usually the world am, I usually know your words. Of writing, you know, like, like Occam's razor or Hanlon's yes. razor. Razor. Now that you say that, yeah. I am sense. a rule of thumb, Mike. I, a unit of measure, the razor. How about that? Are you the self-proclaimed razor? I think I am. Like you named yourself razor? That's not true, no. <laughs> Is that what self-proclaimed means? <laughs> yeah, like, like James Neal was self-proclaimed the real deal oh, because he's the one who came up yes. with the nickname. <laughs> okay, let's, let's finish on that. So James Neal was at, training camp with the Blue Jackets on okay. a PTO, got released. That's probably the end. We've seen the end of, of the real deals NHL time, yes? Possibly, yeah. I mean, whoever knows with injuries and stuff. It, it's interesting. Somebody, one of my friends up in Michigan asked about people retiring now. Why would they announce their retirement now? I go, because they can't get a job. And so, there you, go. you know, that's that's how it works. the business, uh, I think even Mike Lawler said that back in the day, he goes, the, the league will tell you when they're through it, with you. It, <laughs> and speaking of that, Antoine Roussel was at the Flyers training camp on a pro tryout and he got released uh, from that. Yeah. And he, he should have been a flyer back in the, in his, oh, his that would have been perfect. He would have fit. They'd have loved him in, in the city of brotherly love. So. Uh, you have anything else there, Colombo? I really don't this time. I, yeah. I want to get in under forty-five. Are we? How are we looking on time? I don't. I have no idea. I don't put a clock right. up, and our production team uh, doesn't. We've asked for it. Clock, he did, yeah, they don't ever push us no. for anything. Hey, all right. Here's one. What do you do with Hudobin? You send him to the minors, right? And then hopefully he plays well from there. Yeah, I. I, I don't know. Hopefully he plays well tonight if he gets in. Yeah, <laughs> if he gets in, in. in we were hoping Colorado. that in the two previous performances, and I don't um, think that worked out. <laughs> you know, and and just a a prove that the hip is fine. B yep. prove that that you still you got some game. Um, and it's like we started off today. There's so many teams throughout the. I mean, look at look at Anaheim in the fi final game last year where they had to use a guy from the parking lot in that like you need you need a lot of bodies you, you, yes you need guys and i would say for especially the teams that think they can do something this year you need lots of nhl caliber guys um not again not the cross your finger toes and eyes guys uh so he would certainly fit in that category and right now they have they have the three of them they got scott wedgwood they've got uh otter and Dobie trying to come back from hip surgery, and and then uh, you got to, you know, it's j just another offshoot of the management. How do we sort this out here, um, along with how do we get this guy in here, and what are our decisions on the rosters here, and how do we stay under the cap there? Yeah, that's why we I just hope he, I that's hope why he we podcast, Mike. We don't have to do Indeed. that. Indeed, we just podcast. We don't have to. No, I hope he gets a chance somewhere in the NHL. I, I just I would like to see him out there on the NHL ice one more time, being all crazy and making just acrobatic stops. Yeah, and look, there are there are some places where look mo most organizations at this point think that what they have is enough, and whether it's a young goaltender or a young forward player, whatever they 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 think they're all set, and then ten. 15 games of the season, they're mm -hmm. like, oh, we might need some help there. That one might not be ready for prime time or yeah. injuries or, you know, whatever it is that, that happens. S happens, I think is how it's said. It's another razor Especially rule with goalies. It's, a, uh, uh, it's Occam's razor. It's Razor's uh, razor. Pro, I call that Profane's razor is, is what that <laughs> one's known as. But anyway, yeah, I'm same. You, you know, you forget you're – you're only a couple years removed from his heroics and and leading the National Hockey League in save percentage. Yeah, but that that the stats that season were incredible. But holy dung crap, does time move on in professional sports? And you start, you know, again, you start looking at guys that, whose careers 
are over now and you're you're like man in in a blink of an eye like it just seems like Antoine w- was coming over from France and you know regaling people with stories and running all over the place and, and drive people nuts and then it's over and yeah. uh it you know enjoy your time Mike well and and I used to talk about James Neal in the playoffs you're just like holy cow and that it, it was good for him to go someplace else because he ended up playing a ton of playoff games yeah so yeah 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 uh, so next week, our short anticipated season preview show, don't you think? Sure. I mean, this has been preseason stuff. Now we got to really drill down on the regular season. So we'll try to do that. A lot of uh, analytics. Mostly analytics. <laughs> people love listening to numbers. <laughs> if there's anything we've learned, it's that people love listening to numbers, Mike. They really do. So we'll, we'll compile a bunch, a full compendium of numbers to just glaze your eyes over. But until then, I'm me, and he's him, and this has been Rush. You've been listening to the Podman Rush with Daryl Razor Ray, an official production of the Dallas Stars. To stay up to date on all things stars, visit DallasStars.com or download the official NHL app today. Yeah, perfect. We don't break news. Breaking news. (laughs) Gear up for game day and every day at the Hangar Team Stores. From hats to jerseys, tees, and more, the Hangar has the best selection of official Stars gear for every fan. For a location near you or to shop online, visit HangarHockey.com.